Well, here we go, Tony B. All the artists that we showcase here, Australian artists, local guys, some of the most interesting people. We always get to talk to these people and find out the truth of where things lay in their in their lives and their world. And Tony B, you, you've known this guy and I've known this guy in different ways. Mm. Sammy Boyle. He's one of those artists, like we've been working with him for a while. Like mm. he's been doing guest mix-ups for the show and all that sort of stuff. And I didn't realise until like December 2020 mm. that we actually went to school together. That's crazy. And, right. I, I, and I taught him how to DJ at your shot. So yeah. it, it was a weird... You know, connection between us, even though you know we we didn't know each other before this, we knew him before we knew each other. So it's, it's a really cool thing. It's weird. It's almost like we went back in time and re-met. Maybe he's our child. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but Sammy Boyle, man, he's such a hard-working, grinding yeah. person. And that's the thing that gets me with these artists is you have this awesome appreciation of these people mm. going. You're creating, and you're creating something so special, so new, so fresh, and he just puts it out and keeps putting it out and eventually it's gonna hit and it's gonna hit big and i hope he's ready because even with the chat with him everything's still so raw and i can't wait to see where things go for him just wanting to leave like a positive impact in this world and make people happy like we all make music for people to enjoy play at your sunday barbecue or at a club like i just want people to be happy listening to my music and if one person's happy then i'm happy and there you go. So Sammy Boyle, he is a hustler. And I always will say it. Every time I speak about Sammy, I say he's a hustler. I notice it on his socials. I notice it in his music and the way he approaches everything. And, you know, the way he even speaks to me. You know, after we, we had a chat with him, he, you know, he sent me a nice message saying, you know, he really appreciates the support and everything that we do for him. And all the small things that, that he does, he likes to tick them off as big goals. And that's what I like about him. He, he really appreciates the small things. So this is why he is the hustler of Australia and he's going to make it big. Cannot wait for you to hear the chat with us and Sammy Boyle. Hi, guys. <laughs> we finally get to chat to you. It's, it's been too been, long. It's been too long because I feel like we always speak about you and play all your stuff uh, on our shows. And... It's it's so surreal now. I feel like I haven't seen uh, you in the years. real deal. Yeah, I like Thank I, you. I obviously I know you from your shot. Um, where it all started. The DJ comp um, back in the day. Those little boots. Yeah. In Surrey Hills. So, yeah, your shot is obviously a DJ um, training competition. So you train the DJs and then you have six weeks and then and then these guys jump in and play in front of these um, this live crowd and you were one of my guys yeah and i was so nervous for you when i saw you playing up there and then who would have thought that you would be such quality right now and you're on our show and i'm interviewing you this is great <laughs> it's crazy it's such a small world it's funny how everything works out well that's the thing we put two and two together as well yeah we actually went to school together oh well okay step up as man. well <laughs> so i knew i knew sammy boyle before you knew sammy boyle okay. and and I, I knew your mum before you knew your mum <laughs> Listen, I know you taught him how to DJ, but you know, I used to DJ back at school as well. He was the first DJ I ever heard of. See? He was DJing the house parties we'd go to, the year, the like year seven, eight, nine dances. Oh my goodness. Yeah. You didn't tell me about this, Tony B. No, it's, a, it's always been a secret. Oh, but man. like, I think, I think you probably saw me and went, man, if this fucker can do it, anyone can. <laughs> he was like, he was my idol growing up. I was like, if he's going to do this, that's what I'm going to do. Right. Okay. And then you just finessed it. 
Yeah, okay, makes sense. Well, put the cherry on top. It looks like uh, Tony B is mixing the next um, show. Um, <laughs> so uh, <laughs> stay tuned for that. Sammy Ball, you've been doing huge things. Obviously, we play your music on our show all the time, um, and your catalog would be incredible. Um, you started from just making like remixes and mashups, like, and then now your originals. So tell me about what's what's going on in the uh, the new catalog, of Sammy Boyle. There's a lot of there's a lot of like festival music being made, like the Big Room House, Progressive House, that were my grassroots of music. That's what first got me into electronic dance music. Um, but as you know, with labels, it takes three to six months to get a track out. So most of the tracks that come out now were made back end of 2020 sort of thing. It just takes its time to get out. So with the changing market, I'm sort of thinking to change to like your commercial house sort of vibes. That's what's booming in Australia at the moment. EDM sort of seems like it's just at a little bit of a stagnant at the moment. So it's a lot to like toss up which way to take the music direction. I'm sort of happy with where I'm going at the moment, but there's just a few choices to be made. Are you enjoying the creation of the music you're doing? Like instead of looking at, like I'm kind of thinking you're looking at like the commercializing of it, but you're also thinking like, are you are you loving what you're putting out? Yeah, hundred percent. If if I didn't really if I didn't love it, I wouldn't put it out. I wouldn't put my name on it. Um, I feel like it's just it's such a big world out there with music, and there are no limits. There's no rules, so you can try anything and everything. So at the moment, it's a lot of trial and error. It's a lot of trying new things, playing them in show, playing like the unreleased IDs in shows, and seeing what people get a grasp for, what people are reacting to, and Whatnot. And I think because shows have just slowly started to come back, that's probably the best place you can play your music and get the best reaction and feedback possible. Could you have seen yourself from doing the Your Shot competition? Like, could you have seen yourself get to where you are now? I think, like, with Your Shot, I didn't, I didn't like win it by at, at all. I was, I think I was pretty average at it, to be honest. But I had like a passion for the music, and I think not winning it sort of. That wasn't the goal by any means, but it sort of put motivation in me hearing the likes of like Tiger Lily not win it and whatnot. But then she would go out and just hustle herself at clubs, like getting shows, getting booked at places, traveling interstate. And I think um, from there, I just had it in my mindset, I'm going to do something with this. Like, I'm not sure what it was. And it slowly just built from like just playing around Sydney to then playing in country towns to playing down in Melbourne to Queensland. And it sort of just kept growing and growing and I think like you you said previously I was just a hustler like I just wanted to DJ and I didn't really care about the money side or whatnot I just wanted to play wherever yeah there's so many things like money and mainly money that can really kind of skew and muddy up your judgment Mm. muddy muddy haha nice (laughs) um but it's that whole idea of your passion being the main drive and then that hustle comes with that passion. What's the what's the goal at the moment? What are your goals? Oh, I'd love to play at Tomorrowland or like Ultra Miami. Like I I really want to put out a song that just goes worldwide and hits the charts running and stays around for a while so people so my grandkids and whatnot can still be bopping to a Sammy Boyle song. <laughs> um, but but yeah, but that though, in saying that, I guess that final goal is the ultimate. Like everyone, every DJ or every, you know, up, yeah. up and coming or like guy that hasn't played there would want to jump into that festival. But I guess like you've built a catalog and you've got yourself a recognizable name. 
I guess you should be a, you should be proud of what you yeah. have. You know, like you can show your your kids your posters and you, you know your whatnot. But yeah, you can do that commercial track soon. And I think you know with the help of you know being on these kind of things, these networks, and um and catching on. But I feel like you don't need a change from your EDM style to kind yeah. of fit it. I feel like you could keep going because your sound is very unique to yourself. You've customized it, and I think if you keep changing it to follow the trend rather than create your own. Yeah, that's true. I feel like you could easily just you could bring out something that is yours that you've that you would actually play in your sets without modifying it at all. So yeah, in saying that, I think you should stay to your sound because you are stay you've, on you've, the built, you've, you've built yourself a your yeah. brand, really. So it's good. But yeah, your tracks are amazing. So if you weren't in the EDM scene, what other scene would you fall into? I, I found that we had some DJs in here be like, I used to love hip hop. And that's how, oh, Joel, uh, Joel Fletcher had it. Joel Fletcher's a massive hip-hop um, throwback. He loves all that stuff. So what, what was your style before this? Like jazz, maybe? <laughs> <laughs> Man, I grew up playing the trumpets. Oh, so yeah. <laughs> like the classical stuff. Um, I think all my friends will say, if you go through my iTunes accounts, you'll, learn, you'll hear like straight EDM, like the progressive house yeah. stuff. Like that's what started me, like Alesso. Calvin Harris, like those kind of artists, which the Eight Swedish House, Sebastian Ingrosso, like all those sort of artists that were just putting out that progressive house that just gave me goosebumps. And I used to just watch them on YouTube and whatnot, their DJ sets. And that's awesome. Well, before this, Tony B was saying that he was going to do a battle off with you with on the decks one day. So, um, <laughs> the next gig you have, he's going to, yeah, he said he's going to jump on about getting him yeah, up. Yeah. <laughs> you walk, on, walk on stage with his walking stick and be like, <laughs> <laughs> With playing the trumpet back in the day, could we be seeing like next oh, Timmy Trumpet? I, I was thinking going Sammy Saxophone or oh, something. Oh, look out. <laughs> yeah. Xana <laughs> doesn't like that one. <laughs> Sammy Saxophone. That's all right. There was already Timmy Trumpet. I can't. Sammy oh, Trumpet no. just didn't write him. <laughs> Sammy Saxophone you, or Sammy Sax. You could bring out a lot. Well, you could put your live elements inside yeah. your songs, I guess. Have you ever tried doing that? Oh, uh, to and fro, like. I'm not too talented on the live sort of music stuff. Most of it's all computerized and whatnot these days. Like it's pretty simple on a computer to just get the sounds you want and whatnot. Um, but I'm learning like the piano as we go and learning to sing and guitar. Now, uh, we, yeah, you were, we were speaking about you being a hustler and obviously the scene is very over overflowing at the moment. Um, how, do, how do you find uh, the, back se- the back end of everything? You know, your marketing, you, the way you push, your hustle and all that for like, for such a young guy and I guess trying to convince that manager at a club or the promoter to get you on. How, how far, hard do you think it is to kind of have that whole back end of just before you producing and stuff, just get, getting your name out there? Like how hard is it? And when, when like... I think with the lockouts and whatnot, right now in Sydney especially, it's much more difficult than it was five years ago, for example. Um, but when I was up and coming, I got some good advice and I would fly my own like ticket to interstate or whatnot. I'd pay for my own flights and I'd say, pay me like like whatever was cost price, like bare minimum, just so that everyone sort of broke even. And I would say if I play well, book me again in a couple months and you pay for like a, a fee. And most promoters were like, well, if it's no loss to us, then we'll give you a chance. And then you'd go out there, play your set and they would book you again. So by doing that, I was able to build up connections, build up tours. Um, I was running 
some of the events at Candy's apartment. So I was able to do some gig swaps with people from other states just to get the name out there and whatnot and help them build as well. And I think for any up and comer, it's just taking every opportunity. Most up and comers will get a eight to nine slot or a nine to 10 and they'll think they need to come out and blast it with your Martin Garrix, your new marshmallow music, like the heaviest possible. But by being through the scene, you learn that if you can play like a good eight to nine or nine to 10 and keep like build a crowd playing your deep house, your commercial stuff, then you're going to be able to play it, smash a headline set. And I think that's what most up and comers miss. Yeah. That's, that's, well, that's pretty much, I think I've told you guys yeah. at your show too, but yeah, that's, that's pretty much where it's at. And I think that's what people do. They, they lose their gigs from that, but I think you've obviously, you know, um, done the, done the ropes and did everything right. Cause you've yeah. done some great gigs. So it's good. Yeah. It's good fun. Have you found, um, when making actually making your music, networking with particular artists, particular labels, how have you found all that? The artist is pretty, is easy. Um, like I'm a pretty social guy, so I can talk to people pretty easily. So talking to the artists and it's just about getting them to really check their Instagram inbox. If you can get them to check the requested DMs, then you can sort of talk to them about anything. But the labels is a hard one because a lot of the labels will reject good quality music, even from up and comers or top quality producers. But if they see a big name on it, they'll take the track. And I feel like a lot of labels these days are more based on how many streams, like the return rather than the actual quality production. So there's some labels that really are focused on the up and comers and the like quality music, but a lot of them now, I think it's more of a business side than the quality of music. Yeah, right. Oh, that's slightly disappointing, but it's yeah. also, it's the game, I guess. And you gotta, you gotta have it. Otherwise, yeah. what well, keeps the, the ball rolling, the ball of money, I said. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but I think, I think it's a cool, it's a real good outlook, outlook to look at it and go, well, if I network with your bigger artists, your bigger names, yeah. then you're doing it in the right way because you get, get those names with you and you turn around and go, well, here's a track. It's kick-ass. I don't have as many streams as or, or may not give you the return, but the additional person on this. Yeah, 100%. And then before you know it, your name is fucking huge and yeah, labels so you learn are going to send, you up. How to properly like get the demos out and learn to properly network with these labels by working with the bigger artists ultimately you want to be a bigger artist so by networking with them you're eventually going to like bridge the gap between where you are now and where they are yeah. well let's uh let's get off the serious side of uh, music right now i want to do a um a groupie with sammy boyle now um we, after you said you know it's a big headliner set you've we've played we've got a free bottle service what is it like partying with you with, with sammy boyle are we allowed as, to say as, this as a on groupie air? oh mate we're free, we're free over here. This is, it. This is our shit. We own this. <laughs> like, oh, mate, we're ready good. to go. Besides the uh, anything corrupt. Um, what's it like? Uh, you know, I'm the groupie here. Uh, I come centre in your booth. Where, where, where do we go from here? Oh, we finish the drinks. <laughs> we finish the bar, wait till close and head out after. We go closing time all we the way through. Oh, Look out. I'm out. As soon as, I, as soon as I find the groupie, I'm... No, wait, it's not me. Not me, but... Yeah, right. Back to the saying. hotel for kick-ons. Joe, do kick-ons? What's, yeah. the, what's the hotel party like? Um, sort of got to be there to no basis. <laughs> <laughs> no signing um, contracts like Justin Bieber's hotels? <laughs> oh, God. That's, that's actually... Non-disclosures? No yeah. <laughs> got to hand your phone in at the door before yeah. you get in. Oh, look out. <laughs> Oh, God. I thought it was going to get a bit more wild than that, but that's yeah. fine. 
It's a closed book, this Sammy boy. <laughs> Tough one to crack. <laughs> what about those regional towns? Like, how, how crazy are they? Like, I've played at a few regional towns before. What's like the weirdest shit that's happened? I'm pretty sure I passed a horse on the way home once I was so drunk. <laughs> so a girl or a horse, I don't know what it was. I think probably, <laughs> probably someone bringing their pet dog into, into the crowd. <laughs> Definitely was a dog, bro. <laughs> Pet dog I don't know party. What it was, but I'm just like I'm just up there DJing, like dropping beats, and then the crowd's in the middle. Like there's just this circle. I'm like, I thought it was just gonna be a little mosh, and all of a sudden this guy's just got a dog on a lead, and I was like, he wasn't blind though. No, 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 okay, no, no. Well, okay, that wasn't no, funny. He was, I didn't want to laugh at that just in case. Yeah, hold up. He was a few squeezed deep. So that's so funny. Wow. <laughs> oh, that is weird. <laughs> you put your dog into a club? No, he wouldn't make it. Oh. There's no way he'd be able to party like that. Right. Where's your Where's your favorite place to to play? Oh, Ministry of Sound was one hundred percent the favorite place. Like, I think seeing the people that had come through and played there, the history that it had. Um, I think I got to play there four or five times, and the last one was a headline set and with Cairo, and that was easily the most favorite place. It had incredible production. The team were really friendly. It was a really nice crowd, um, and hometown. So something yeah. I always remember. That was at uh, Ivy. Yeah, at Ivy. Right. So yeah, I never get. I never got a chance to. I was with the competitors, so I never really got a chance to check it out. But um, Marquee's yeah. coming up, so you have to. Yeah, come yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, that, it, I know. With Ministry of Sound as a backing, it's just it's great for you. That, that, yeah. Thank God you got it before the COVID hit. So I was so lucky. There were there were a lot of artists that had headline shows that were in similar boats to me, and COVID had just. Well, they actually. Closed. They actually shut down and sold to new owners just before COVID hit. Right. They. Yeah, right. It was called uh, the new owners or the, the new event company Puffdorf or something. Yeah, that's still happening. I think. Yeah. You so they the took. O- way, no. no. <laughs> oh. <laughs> they took over like in December of 2019. So it was right. just before COVID. Wow. Well, there you go. I haven't been, but I assume it's great. <laughs> <laughs> That's interesting though, in turn, no, not poof <laughs> <laughs> It's interesting though, like you did have a chance to be able to get out there and, and really hit it before, before yeah, COVID hit. Like, it's funny your view on COVID though, like being able to take a step back and just kind of go, all right, I can focus on my music, focus on my brand, all that sort of stuff. So you think it's, it's benefited you in that way? I think on the production side, definitely, because all the time you spend traveling at shows and whatnot, was then spent just in the studio all through the week. I could just do music, but missing like performing, like when I played my first show at the start of this year, it was just diff- like, it was amazing, but it was different. Like it was just felt like you'd lost a piece of yourself the whole last year. There was no adrenaline rush, like screaming fans and whatnot, but just being able to make people happy, which is what I'm about. And I think it, I think it affected, I was more upset because I had, Shows booked in across Asia, Europe, and a, like two Australian tours, and I think I think there was like three or four Asia tours booked in. Yeah, so right. I had all this stuff to look forward to, but then when COVID hit and it all went away, I was kind of like, damn, like I wasn't able to do that. But I didn't want to get too bogged down in it, so I just hit the music studio. Well, so I found a, the positive yeah. side yeah. of it. That's that's really cool because I mean, I think a lot of people uh, through. I hate focusing on COVID in a negative way. Like it, it, everyone, it, something happened to everyone during that time, but yeah. being able to flip it to a positive and find that way to keep being inspired and keep driving. What is your main inspiration when it comes to making music, when it comes to 
being Sammy Boyle, what's your main inspiration there? My long distance girlfriend in Switzerland is a pretty good influence on it. She keeps me grounded and wanting to push myself more so that I can be constantly touring and bringing her with me, um, friends and family, and just wanting to make a difference, like just wanting to leave like a positive impact in this world and make people happy. Like I think we all make music just to for people to enjoy, play at your Sunday barbecue or at a club. Like I just want people to be happy listening to my music and if one person's happy, then I'm happy. I'll say it once, I'll say it a thousand times, man. Like up and coming artists, producers, DJs that are just anyone that are just working hard and grinding their way to really get somewhere and just do what they believe in. Yeah. Sammy Boyle is a perfect example of it, man. He is. He always uh, pushes himself to the to the limit and uh, appreciates the small things. And what I love most is, you know, after he had a chat with us, he sent me a message and said, you know, really appreciates the support, really appreciates what we do for him, you know, playing his songs. And that's a, that's a big thing for him. And that's such a small thing for us, but such a big thing for him. And that's a great way to kick goals. That's it. And he's such a, like, it just proves how much of a humble guy he is. Yeah. So, like, being able to just take that time out to go, hey, man, really appreciate what you're doing, really appreciate you doing that for me. Dude, 100%. Because you're putting in that work, I can see that in someone. You go, fucking, of course. Mm. Of course. Like, it just makes sense. I believe in you, believe in you, and I believe in your music. Well, that's it. You, you have to be an all-rounder to be in this industry. And another person who's an all-rounder, like, every, kicking every goal and making sure that, you know, they're, they're marking every part of the territory is our dear friend, Tiger Lily. I actually tried to um, incorporate like my personality with the different pastel colors, kind of um, giving reference to like all the wigs that I wear. And yeah, the fact that I can be like disco on the outside, but like healthy on the inside. <laughs> yeah, definitely an all-rounder man. Like she is someone that will look at something as a body of work and it's not just the sounds. Mm. It's what it looks like, it's the the colours behind it and all that sort of stuff. Like that to me is a true artist. Yeah. and What breaks out a musician from being an artist, like she's awesome. And that's it. And she she always makes sure that she's, you know, an inspiration to, you know, the younger guys and the older guys, anyone that wants to be in the scene or even just in general, she's she's just an all-rounder. So she's a great person and I can't, wait for you to hear the chat with her too she she's just an incredible incredible girl so we're very lucky to have her and make sure you check her out on our next episode of more than music